Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Supervalue Insurance. Looking out for you and yours with our new life and mortgage protection insurance. Tweet at Miriam O'Call. Well, Dr. Bella DiPaolo is joining me this morning from the west coast of the USA. She's a social scientist, a regular contributor to the New York Times and the Washington Post. And her TED talk about the single life has been viewed over 1.6 million times. Her new book is called Single at Heart. And at the age of 70, she's still very happily single. Bella, good morning to you. Thanks so much for inviting me. I love talking about this. It's so interesting. First of all, tell me about single at heart. Who are the single at heart and why should they stop worrying about what other people think of them? People who are single at heart love being single and they want to stay single. They are happy and flourishing because they are single, not in spite of it. I'm one of the single at heart and single single life is our most meaningful, fulfilling and psychologically rich life. It's our most joyful life. And we shouldn't pay any attention to other people who try to pressure us to couple or who are skeptical about whether we really love our single lives because if we caved into them we'd end up living lesser lives lives that didn't really suit who we really are and look when you started your research i think you asked single friends and colleagues how they were treated differently i mean what did they say to you bella oh there's all sorts of ways they were treated almost like they they just weren't as valuable as those awesome couples for example at work they might be asked to cover for the couples who want to leave early or take the vacation days that nobody else wanted or coming on holidays when uh, they're socializing with other people People who are part of a couple sometimes socialize mostly with other couples. And so instead of seeing their single friends on weekends or, you know, dinners or movies, they instead demote their single friends to lunch or brunch or something that's more like kid time rather than a grown-up time. And if single people are visiting other people in their homes, they might get assigned the a couch in the living room instead of a bedroom with a door that closes. So in all sorts of ways, they just aren't treated like they're equal status or equally mature as those married couples. And when you, Bella, asked people who were in couples if they thought they treated their single friends and relatives and colleagues differently, how did they respond to you? That's really interesting because sometimes I'll ask something like, well, Um, Did you have any single friends last time you had people over for dinner? And they just get kind of defensive and and surprised. I get the impression sometimes that they've never even considered the possibility that they were engaging in what I call singleism, which is the stereotyping and stigmatizing and discrimination against single people. It's so much part of the assumption of how society runs that, of course, if you're cu- if you're coupled, you're in the married couples club and you get to socialize with other couples and you don't hang out with those lowly single people. But, I mean, society's changed so much. I mean, do you think the pressure to be in a couple is greater or lesser than, say, 20 or 30 years ago? I mean, we're really not as focused on marriage nowadays, are we? 
Yeah, so that's true. The pressure has let up some. And you can almost see it in the numbers because more people are staying single. And even of those people who do get married, they're typically getting married later in life than they used to. So that in itself lowers the pressure. And more single people are speaking out about liking their single lives, like the single at heart. But as these things happen, as more people are staying single and saying that they like being single, that is threatening to people who don't want things to change, people who want coupled life to be higher status and, and for things to just stay the way they are. And so then you get backlash. So in the United States, there are all these opinion pieces and books that are saying, oh, it's so important to be married and, and it's important to have married parents instead of single parents. And I think that that's an indication of backlash. It's not happening because people are so secure about the place of marriage in our lives today. It's because they're so insecure. Did you always want to be single? I mean, when you, Bella, were a younger woman, did you want to be part of a couple? You know, I never did. I always loved being single. But when I grew up, I'm 70 years old. So when I grew up, I didn't know there was such a thing as wanting to be single and being happily single and wanting to stay single. So I kept thinking that I would change my mind, that at some point I would I would want to be coupled or, or get married. And I, after a while, I realized, no, self, this is who you are. You're never going to want to be someone different. And once I realized that, then I could totally invest in my single life and not keep thinking, well, maybe it'll change. And look, you studied this so much. So have you figured out what makes some of us really want to have a life partner, but others, it's just not a driving force at all in our lives. Is it hardwired into us? Based on all the research I've done and the people I've talked to, I do think that it's more than just a lifestyle choice. People who are single at heart are powerfully drawn to single life. It's the life that feels most natural and authentic to them. So I think there's something more than lifestyle choice. What about loneliness? Talk to me about that. I mean, it's something that people often perceive as a downside to being single, but it's not that simple, is it? No, it really isn't. In fact, one of the real strengths of people who are single at heart is they love their solitude. They really cherish the time they have to themselves. And when you think of time to yourself as something that you really appreciate, then you're especially unlikely to be lonely. And I suppose being single, as you hinted at earlier, doesn't mean being celibate, doesn't stop you having kids doesn't stop you falling in love, really, does it? No, it really doesn't. What's different is that the single at heart 
aren't going to put a romantic partner at the center of their lives and organize their lives around that romantic partner. They still might have sex. They still might do some dating. Uh, they might have kids. But if they're going to date some other people or get involved in romantic relationships with them, they are going to let them know from the beginning that they're not looking for a long-term conventional relationship in which the two people become completely interconnected in the lives that they lead. But, you know, I was thinking here in Ireland, it's really, really hard at the moment to buy a home on your own. So is it easier for people, say, on a high salary to be single at heart. It's easier to buy a home and live a comfortable single life if you're if you have more money. But being single at heart isn't about your resources or opportunities. It's about what's in your heart, what who you really are as a person. And I was very heartened to find in my research that people who are single at heart come from all across the financial spectrum, from people who have a lot of money to people who are just barely getting by. In a way, there's nothing more costly than trying to live the life that other people think you should live instead of the life that's true to yourself. Do people ever say to you that being single at heart, that it's selfish or do they ever tell you that you just haven't met the right person yet? I mean, how do you respond? Absolutely to both of them. The selfishness, there's a lot of data that shows just the opposite. For example, single people are the ones who are most likely to be there for their aging parents when they need help. Single people are more likely to be there on a day-to-day -day basis to help friends, neighbors, relatives, colleagues. And single people volunteer for just about every kind of organization more than married people do, except for religious organizations, which married people volunteer for a lot more often. About the other part, do people say, oh, you just haven't met the right person yet? Yes, they do. It's kind of annoying. <laughs> but they totally are misunderstanding what it means to be single at heart. And I was most persuaded by the single at heart people who shared their life stories with me, who told me that they did find the one. They found someone they loved and who loved them, who treated them well, who were willing to do what it takes to make them make each other happy. And yet, it still didn't work. Couple life was just not their best life. And it no matter how much they loved the person or were loved in return, they just didn't want to lead that kind of life. Dr. Bella DiPaolo, thank you so much for chatting to me this morning. Your book is called Single at Heart. It's published by Apollo Publishers and you can read lots more about the research on bellatipaolo.com. Thanks so much for chatting to us this morning. Thank you for having me. <laughs>